Hello and welcome to the First Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. We're glad you joined us this week. First Lutheran Church lives by the mission statement, called by the Spirit, we serve Christ, sharing God's love with all. And we are glad to share this good news with you this week. We're able for our gospel acclamation. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus commends almsgiving, prayer, and fasting, but emphasizes that spiritual devotion must not be done for show. Jesus said to the disciples, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, so that they may be praised by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, Do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the gospel of our Lord. invite you to be seated. A couple years ago, we had a baptism here, a baptism of a young, vibrant, strong toddler. Many of you may remember that day. He was at this beautiful age of discerning, and he was curious. And so we talked beforehand, him and me, about how water washes away dirt, and how we didn't need to be scared of this baptism, though it would be very new to him. His whole life will be a time to look back and look forward from that day to what baptism meant for him and how it would shape each future day of his life. And you may remember that when we went forward to the altar for the anointing with oil, he did not want to have the cross drawn on his forehead. He'd already had a lot of new happen to him, and he was strong and vibrant and determined 
not to have the cross drawn on his forehead. So I, I drew the cross on his mom's forehead and showed him what to expect, that he would expect, and then that didn't work. So I gave the, the oil to his mom, and I said, look, your mom can draw this cross on your forehead, and that would have been so beautiful for her to contribute in that way, and it didn't work either. No matter what we tried, this sweet little boy resisted with that superhuman toddler strength in that moment. And God was there. And God did marvelous new things for that child. Well, our firstborn, Lucas over there, he was baptized on my birthday at my seminary chapel. And our dear friend Jonathan did the baptism and he held Lucas's little bare, naked baby body at the font and submerged him. And there, Lucas received new birth in Christ. And God did marvelous things, new things for him. What do you know or have you heard about or remember about your baptism? or the baptism of someone special to you. Well, my baptismal story is a rather difficult one because the pastor who officiated over that service and over that baptism was later removed from roster for illegal behavior. But I know and trust and believe that baptism has nothing to do with the pastor and everything to do with the Holy Spirit. And so God did marvelous new things for me that day. So why, on this day, when we gather with dust on our foreheads that we will need to wash off, am I talking about baptism? Well, during the season of Lent, the church typically refrains from doing baptisms. And we withhold the shouts of Alleluia during worship. You will not sing any songs with Alleluias in there. And then you also hear that perennial question, what are you giving up for Lent? Well, nowadays, we hear more about what things people are adding to their life. And it's always interesting to hear about what people are adding or what they're taking away as part of a spiritual practice during the season of Lent. But oftentimes, we try to live through Lent like it is 40 days of Ash Wednesday. Some churches will spend 40 days with themes about deserts or some that seem to just dwell on Good Friday for those 40 plus days. Some places will take, by some people's standards, gruesome practices or approaches by acting out the crucifixion. And there are some churches that even withhold absolution, that word of forgiveness during these 40 days. 40 days of pretending 
like we are a people without hope. Martin Luther, who had a notoriously bad self-image or understanding of his worth, would say that he is poor, stinking, rotten lumps of maggot fodder. That is not what these days of Lent are about. Caroline Lewis, who is the professor of preaching up at Luther Seminary in Minnesota, was asked, what does Lent mean to you? And she said, if Lent means giving up things, constant reminders of how worthless and temporary I am, any glorification of suffering, then it means nothing to me. If it means embracing the importance of self-reflection when it comes to your identity as a disciple, if it means reflecting on who you believe Jesus to be or what the cross really means to you or how you understand the meaning of the resurrection, then Lent has meaning to me. The importance of self-reflection, what it means to be a disciple, of asking of ourselves, who do you believe Jesus to be? And how can we draw closer to the cross? So, what does Lent mean to you? This is not a season to berate yourselves with your inadequacies. It's not a season to think of yourself as some worthless soul or, in Luther's words, maggot fodder. It doesn't even need to be a season to give up things that bring you joy for the sake of depriving yourself joy, like giving up chocolate is comparable to the sacrifice of Christ. Now that being said, if you have given up chocolate, good luck. And if you have given up chocolate, may it be a practice of discipline that is a model of the discipline you have with your faith. May it be discipline of your faith, not only that it is a duty, but also that it is a delight. So I have heard some pretty spectacular ideas for Lenten spiritual practices, things that folks not only take away, but then also add something to their spiritual practices during the season. I recently heard about one where you spend half of the time of your social media time praying for those people you were communicating or looking at, praying for those people that you explore and communicate with. I heard the one today where they're not eating out, but eating at home this whole season and instead giving money saved to food ministries. I've heard the one where folks are picking up even just one piece of trash when they go into a store and one when they leave. I've heard the Lenten practice of giving up gossiping. Now Luther said that the most broken commandment is the eighth one, bearing false witness against your neighbor, speaking ill of them, and gossiping giving up gossiping for Lent. 
And then there's the one that I'm doing, which is to go to bed 30 extra minutes before bed, to go earlier, stay up way too late, to go to bed, to rest my body and my soul. So we enter into this season with many different things on our hearts and many different attitudes. But we enter into this season not with some weight or burden of shame. Instead, we, we enter with grateful hearts this year, seeking new ways to live as people of God, claimed, made holy, forgiven, and renewed. We enter into the season grateful because when we ask for forgiveness, it is there with abundant love. We enter into the season grateful because when we journey or when we are lost, God is there leading us the way with tenderness and compassion. We enter into the season grateful because when we struggle or question our worth or our faith, God is there reminding us that we are made in God's image. We enter into the season not with hearts governed or focused on sin, but with hearts that are grateful because sin and death and the dust have been reshaped by God on the cross. So Lent is not a season to feel bad. It isn't a season without joy, and it certainly isn't a season without hope. It is a season where we know that in the end of this 40-day journey is the font of living water. And so each step we take is one with purpose and trust. During the first Easter at the time of COVID, Easter 2020, we were worshiping entirely online and at home. And our Topeka churches worshiped together and recorded here, and we recorded a number of services at different times. And so we actually recorded Easter two weeks before Easter. So we worshiped, and I want to say a special thanks to all the altar guild and all of the, I think of that each Lenten season, all of the logistics and work and faithful service that went in during that very difficult time. So we recorded Easter worship two Sundays before Easter. And that afternoon, I was asked to go and baptize a baby, the son of a Pinwell Gable staff member. They couldn't wait until Easter. Even though it was Lent, we baptized this baby. It was really special for a number of reasons. One of the reasons why is that the father is Catholic, and I had been given a little vial of holy water by one of our church members, blessed by the Pope. And so when I went to their home, they went to their kitchen and grabbed a salad bowl, filled it with water from the faucet, and we poured in that holy water. We prayed the prayers of the church. We prayed the prayers of, um, of baptism. We prayed with hope and trust during the season of Lent. 
officially, though I had the joy of shouting hallelujah that morning, of remembering the resurrection of Christ. I didn't need to wait. Because as people, on this side of the resurrection, we see Easter differently. We celebrate Easter unlike any of the biblical characters who didn't know, like we do, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life to guide us through Lent, to guide us through Easter, and into every new day that we walk as people of God. So Lent is where, in our wanderings, we can walk with purpose and trust because God has shown us the way. We can walk with purpose and trust and grateful hearts this season of Lent. In our opening prayers of confession, we hear these words of truth and joy. Now return to the Lord with joy and gladness. Sing a song of redemption. Let sorrow and sighing be no more for we are forgiven. We do have an attitude of repentance. We do have an acknowledgement that we need the cross. But we also have joy and gladness that we have been redeemed. So let us journey with joy and hope this Lenten season. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come before you humbled by Jesus' love and sacrifice that has paved a way for us to live life abundant each day. Bless each of us as we prepare our hearts, as we journey to Easter, to the day that we are reminded that we are made new. Guide each of us as we explore our faith and are drawn closer to you. In your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray that these words and message inspired you in your faith journey as you grow with God. We would love to see you at worship, either online via Facebook Live or in person at 1234 Southwest Fairlawn Road at 5 p.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sundays. God loves you, and so do we.